my hair, my crown, my glory. In the words of India Irie, I am not my hair, but don't get it twisted. My hair is very much a part of me, whether it's locked, cornrowed, relaxed, covered by a lace front or twisted. My crown deserves to be free in all of its glory without others imposing standards of beauty. My hair, my crown, my glory. Black women have endured the hot comb in the kitchen to get the kinks out of our kitchens and witnessed our mothers become kitchen beauticians and hair magicians, endured chemical relaxers, burns, and the discomfort that comes with the straightening process. But thank God for the Crown Act because it feels like we're finally making some progress. For too long, Black women have had to conform based on someone else's norms, but <laughs> society finally figured out that Black women shouldn't have to transform. There's no correlation between wearing our hair natural and how we perform. And the reality is we have some of the most versatile hair on the planet, which can make styling it an art form. If you don't believe me, just go to a Black hair show and watch creativity and excellence in a one-of-a-kind platform. My hair, my crown, my glory. It wasn't until I did my big chop in 2010 that I started to realize Black women's hair is all the things. Being in my natural being was truly the first time I felt like a descendant of kings and queens. Yes, you heard me correctly. We are descendants of kings and queens. For the first time in my life, I finally felt seen. When I say seen, I mean seeing myself and embracing that I have the right to switch up my hair as often as I please. And if you're silly enough to equate black women's hairstyles with professionalism, then you don't deserve to work with someone with our expertise. Our hair is professional. Braids are professional. Locks are professional. Straight hair is professional. Curly hair is professional. Extensions are professional. 4C hair is professional. Our ethnicity is professional. Our hair, our crown, our glory. Woo! Oh my goodness. <laughs> yes, let's jump into it. Oh my God, y'all. Welcome to MJ and the Word podcast. I am MJ. And I am the Word. BJ Word to be exact, but my sister brought the Word today. Did she not? <laughs> Girl, you said so much in that piece. Like, I, I literally have chills. And um, that that was pretty emotional. Like, yeah. whoa. Yeah. So, so jump in. What was on your mind? Well, I, I think we know what was on your mind, but <laughs> what are some <laughs> of your thoughts? Like, where where do you feel like this hair journey starts uh, for Black women? Where do these discussions start? Yeah, you know, when I look at where we have been in this country, I, I'm gonna start with us being in the U.S. in particular, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. particularly the Black American women, because our experience is a little unique. Mm -hmm. um, but there was a time, you know, during slavery, women had to cover their hairs, mm -hmm. 
and then as hairs cover their hair mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you look at um you know once women started entering certain workforces it was like oh mm-hmm. you need to straighten your hair you need to mm-hmm. do this we've always been told how we need to wear our hair mm-hmm. in order to conform to other people's standards mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's not until recently where we've seen this huge well I will say in the 70s we saw a lot of natural hair we saw the afros you know mm-hmm. the people movement which was beautiful and this this embracing of black is beautiful um but this is the first time in our history where it was like okay we're gonna put a law in place to mm-hmm. make it illegal for people to discriminate against black women and, and black men too who wear locks mm-hmm. and, and different natural hairstyles we're going to make it illegal to discriminate based on one's hair mm-hmm. when you look at any other culture any other ethnicity you know I haven't seen any laws where they had to be protected from hair discrimination. (laughs) It's crazy that, you know, we always talk about, oh, show up as your authentic self. Well, my authentic self, sometimes I like to rock an Afro puff. Sometimes I like to wear a wig. Sometimes, you know, I want to get some box braids. That's Uh my authentic self. So why, why is it that for so long we've had to conform to Eurocentric standards of beauty in order right. to progress. And, and like yes. I said, my hair has, there's no direct correlation between that and work performance. So I don't see what one has to do with the other. So yes. yeah, I, I had a lot of emotions right in this because I remember I had big burns <laughs> from getting my hair pressed. And when I got a, a perm one time or a relaxer, I should say, I had the burns and it was just, it's like, Women should be able to wear their hair how they see fit. Yeah. Right. And and something that you said is so important. And I want to point this out. I'm about to blow some minds. White uh, mainstream America does not have a problem with natural hair. I'm going to say that again. Mm-hmm. They don't have a problem with natural hair. Look at the definition of the word natural. Okay. Um, they have a problem with hair that is Afrocentric. They have a Mm -hmm. problem with hair that is not Eurocentric enough. That's what they have a problem with. Natural means the way it grew up out of your head. Am I right? They don't have a problem with a white woman coming to work with her hair natural. It's not even a term that's used amongst white people. Okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But she's wearing her hair the way it grew out of her head, straight. Okay. So if she doesn't have dye, if she just gets up in the morning and she just, you know, do whatever to her hair and it's hanging straight down the way it grew out of her head, they're not going to have an issue with that. Same thing with other women who have uh, textures and grades of hair that is straight, okay, that that looks more like that Eurocentric, European style of beauty. The issue comes in when my hair looks too much like the motherland for you now we got a problem so it's not just the word natural okay because because black women are the only ones in this fight but latina women wear their hair natural natural is how it grows out of your head right that's how they wear their hair Even some black sisters, because we know black women whose hair is not, you know, tight with the tight curls. It's not coily. It doesn't have that. They it may just grow straight out of their hair. The fight is a little bit different, and they tend to be more accepted by white mainstream America because their their curls are very very loose, 
or they don't have curls in their hair and their hair is just hanging straight down, white mainstream America doesn't have a problem with that. Mm. Corporate America has a problem. And this is not just even with hair. They have a problem with things that remind you of the fact that I'm, I'm not from here originally. My people not from here, okay? I was born here, but you brought, I'm here because you brought me here, all right? So anything that makes us look connected to our homeland in any way, that causes a problem. This is why we are fighting right now. People don't want to talk about history. They want to erase it from the books. They don't want to talk about slavery. They have a problem with our culture in general because our culture is a constant reminder that we are not treated the way we're supposed to be treated in this country. We're discriminated against. We built it and we're still uh, being disenfranchised. My hair, I feel like, is a reminder of that to certain people, okay? And I'm not talking about all white people. I just mean, you know, when I say mainstream America, people know what I mean. So a white woman can wake up in the morning and come to work with her hair, quote, unquote, natural. The definition of the word natural is uh, it's not altered, right? <laughs> it's not a problem for her. But if I come to work with my hair not altered, then it's an issue or it's not professional. What is the difference? What is the difference if, if I wake up and come to work with my hair the way it grew out of my head and she wakes up and comes to work with the way the hair grew out of her head, why is it an issue when I do it, but it's not an issue when she does it? Because mm -hmm. hers looks more like it's, it's more Eurocentric and mine looks more like uh, our homeland. And that's a problem for a lot of people. It is. And the way we define beauty in general, like beauty, mm -hmm. you know, that's often going to vary from culture to culture. Mm -hmm. So one of the things I brought up is I don't know if, you know, you ever been to a, a black hair show or mm -hmm. you know, listeners, but it's, it's something to see. It is a yeah. sight to see. And I love going to hair shows because we get to see creativity at its finest, mm -hmm. right? And it makes me think of, you know, African cultures. Like if you look at some of the different tribes, yes. different uh, nations and how they, I mean, it's so intricate. Some of those patterns, yes. designs, it's beautiful. And, and mm -hmm. it's like, we do have some of the most versatile here on the planet. And mm -hmm. I think that's a big part of who we are. We should be mm -hmm. able to embrace our hair uh, mm -hmm. without feeling like, oh, you know, this, I feel unprofessional. Mm -hmm. We fortunately, we I feel like we are getting to a place where uh, you see more and more people in high positions with locks and different natural hairstyles. So, I mean, it's getting there, but I mean, we still have a ways to go. Like, just we in do. All, yeah, we do. We do it, you know what, MJ? It bothers me that we even have to have a crown egg. I know that pisses <laughs> me off. It just like I have to literally <laughs> have legislation put in place to make sure that you don't discriminate against me because I'm wearing my hair the way it grew out of my head? Are you serious? No one, who else has that struggle? What other group of people who have come to this country for whatever reason have this? I don't see Middle Eastern women having to have that struggle. It's, it's similar to, you know, the hijab struggle that they had, they have had to have, you know, and, and get protection to be able to wear their hair coverings, but they haven't had to have a, a struggle to wear their hair. This just the way it grow out of your head. Are you, are you serious? Like, what is, 
what is the United States really saying about us, about Black people? What are they, what is the message there? Because yeah. to me, that sounds like you're not accepting me, that we, we're still in this, you know, we've come a long way, but we still got some of the same old crazy thinking from way back in the day. Because if you're telling me that I need to, I need to wear my hair pressed in order to own this interview in order to get this job, or I need to flatter my hair for this interview in order to get this job. Um, what are you saying about me as a person? That's insane to me. So I'm glad that we have the, the chronic. I'm glad it's in place, but I'm offended for the reason that we have to even put it in place in the first place. And here's the thing. Um, and I know people have mixed feelings about Chris Rock's good hair documentary. You know, I get it, but he did highlight some things in that documentary that I think it's really important and worth mentioning is when you look at our health and some of the chemical, and, and I know we do have some listeners who may have relaxed hair. This is no, I don't want it to become divisive, like relaxed mm -hmm. versus that's not what this is meant to be at all. Right. Um, but there is a reality, like when you do use certain chemical treatments in your hair, it can be linked to other illnesses. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's been studies that talk about, about fibroids and the connections between mm -hmm. relaxers and, you know, I'm no health professional, no doctor, but you know, it's out there. Like you can look it up. The research is mm -hmm. there. Um, and so for me, like when I did my big chop in 2010, <laughs> I'm straight up with you. I enjoyed when I had like my little fade, like I was actually going to a barbershop. He was like keeping it nice and style. And I was like, okay, I'm going to let it grow out. I didn't like my hair for a while. Mm -hmm. I was like, I don't know what to do with this. Mm -hmm. You know, I little teeny weeny Afro. I was like watching YouTube videos, like natural hair care. What do I do with this? Because for mm -hmm. my life, all I had ever known was primarily straight hair. I was either getting mm -hmm. impressed or by the time I got to middle school, I started getting relaxers. So I was just like, it was this weird feeling of, I feel free. And yet at the same time, I don't know if I like how I look right now. Mm. Like, mm. am I still beautiful? Am I, like, what are people thinking when they see me? And mm -hmm. it's funny because a lot of it was me, my perception because I noticed I was getting so many compliments actually. And a lot of compliments from white people and people of other ethnicities like oh I love mm -hmm. your hair you look, I like your afro I like how you have your little headband mm -hmm. but it was me still coming to grips with oh my god how do I look you know because right. I can for so long and it's not like not just saying like it's about conformity straight here it's just easier to match right yeah and right. I was like I don't know how to deal with this yeah you know? I'm curious did you go through that Yes, yes, let's talk about that. Let's go there because I think that's also why, you know, some women have not left the relaxer. And I and I think you you pointed out, you know, something very important. Like I don't feel like they should be bashed for that. I think, you know, in your piece, you mentioned all different types of hair. And I think it's so important. To, I mean, Leave people the hell alone. Let let us wear our hair however we want to wear it. And right. so I think that though, you know, some women who may want to go natural don't feel like um, they look better 
with with their hair in a natural state they may feel more beautiful or more sexy with the relaxer in their hair and i don't necessarily think that that means that they're trying to look white or that mm-hmm. they think their black is not beautiful i don't you know that gets on my nerves when people try to make that divide but yes i absolutely went that went through that because i didn't do necessarily a big chop i let mine grow out and the struggle is real that struggle was real so and and my reason for it was you know the relaxers were literally killing my hair so mm-hmm. my my hair was fried baby I, I mean because not every texture of hair can hold that type of chemical and i was one of these every five to six weeks you know uh, clockwork if i would if i could push my um stylists to do it more i would you know but they were really trying to tell me like you really don't need this much chemical in your hair but you can always find somebody that's gonna take your money and do your hair and it was bone straight okay (laughs) i'm talking about bone straight but it was very unhealthy because my hair is very very soft um it is almost like cotton and it's just um it's you know, I have looser, uh, a looser curl pattern. I don't, y'all can't, for those that's not watching on YouTube, I don't have 4C hair. I don't know what it is. I, I forgot, but it's not 4C. And so it's, it's uh, extremely soft and I can't even put a whole lot of hairspray in my hair. It will just weigh my hair totally down, right? Mm-hmm. And so for me to have been putting the relaxer in it, it was just, it was just laying there. It was kind of lifeless. It was straight and it was easy to manage, but my hair was in such an unhealthy state. It wouldn't grow past a certain length. And so I started just growing it out. Who y'all, the first time I tried, I only made it a year. I was trying to get braids and then just wear my hair, you know, flat iron in between. And I would just look in the mirror and be like, I hate the way this looks on me I didn't like it I felt like I couldn't do anything with it I didn't know how to style it well because let me just say this I hate doing hair like I don't it's not something that's fun for me and so we have to we have to you know um explain that or or you know make justify that for our sisters who don't like standing in the mirror doing their hair I'm one of those people I don't like it okay Mm -hmm. So after a year of trying to grow it out, getting it cut a little bit, growing it out, cutting it a little bit, trying to cut the relaxer out, I I couldn't take it anymore. And I went back to the relaxer. Mm. And so, because um, I didn't want to do a, a big chop because my, my head is shaped funny. I have a dent in the middle of my head. And so trying to go too short, it's just not a, not a good idea for me. So, but the second time around, um, I was able to make it. I wore braids a whole lot more during that time. I still never did like a huge chop. I literally let my relaxer just grow out over uh, time. And that's how I, that's how my journey went. But there were so many times where I just did not feel pretty. I did not look, I did not think I looked beautiful with my hair like that. It was puffy all the time. I feel like Mufasa all the time. It was just too much. And it took some time for me to learn uh first of all for me to figure out what is the natural state of my hair you know what type of hair do I have and then it took some time for me to figure out the right products to make it to where now I wouldn't go back I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world it's easy to do now but Mm -hmm. it's not an easy thing to do at the beginning and I think people um underestimate how much of a struggle it can be for a woman 
yeah. um, to learn how to style and manage her hair when it's when it doesn't have that chemical in it, especially when you're used to putting it in there. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's why a lot of people have turned to locks in particular because mm-hmm. of it. You still have to get them retwisted, but mm-hmm. it's not as you know. It doesn't require as much maintenance as getting up and doing the twist out and all of that work. And mm-hmm. so I think it's important for people to understand that different hairstyles come with different forms of maintenance and mm-hmm. not everybody wants to deal with, you know, the maintenance that comes with a relaxer or the maintenance that comes with getting locks retwisted or braids. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I think it's important for, especially employers to understand you need to respect people's hair styles and the, the hair journey and the, the mm-hmm. work goes behind this because you just don't know (laughs) you know you just don't know like for me for example everybody knows I love rocking wigs I don't care it's like my thing (laughs) and like people ask me I'd be like oh yeah girl it's a unit I got this from Amazon whatever um but a big part of it is because it's a protective style for me and I don't have to worry about doing my hair every single day so I just braid I can deep condition my hair really good once a week I braid it up underneath and then I slap this on and boom, like, you know, it just cuts down the time it takes for me to get ready in the morning and, you know, just it, all the things, right? So it's just, yeah. easy. and that's why I say it's really important for people to just not impose what they think a person should be doing with their hair. Like, yeah. you don't know, you don't know what kind of time a person has. They might be mm-hmm. a mother, they might have like some some breakage some damage they're trying to recover and they're letting their hair grow out just Mm -hmm. respect where people are um Mm -hmm. when it comes to their hair it's absolutely (laughs) absolutely and i think that's both inside and outside the culture like i think inside the culture we have some work to do um in black america as to how we treat other other women regarding their hair because it's like you know some sisters have um their hair may not be as easy to deal with as others, right? And mm-hmm. so they will go, go and wear a wig. And then it's it's some people downing them for doing that. Oh, she got all that fake hair. Why is she trying to look? Why is she with it? And, and it's like, who said that she's trying to look like anything? Like this may just be the easiest thing for her to do. Or this style may be the most flattering on her. You know, she because not every style is flattering on every face type. Our our heads are shaped different. Our faces are shaped different. Like, come on, man. So locks may look beautiful on one person and it may not be flattering to the other person. Like, let's just, can we just say that? Like some, some styles look better on me than others. Even when my hair was relaxed, there were certain styles that look better on me than other styles. And so I think that even inside the culture, we have to start to embrace and accept that people are going to do different things you may want some variety or sisters who go to the gym all of the time mm-hmm. I'm not there right now okay but when I was one of those everyday gym people I'm not about to be going through a whole lot of going to the beauty shop and stuff because it, it's pointless and it's a waste of money and I'll just be flat out honest my texture the texture of my hair is such that I mean it's frizzy and then it still puffs up but it is such that I can get in the shower I can wet it it'll curl up I can put a little bit of product in it and I can go on about my day I don't have to do anything else it'll dry up while I'm while I'm getting ready 
not everybody can do that. And I will have people to stop me. Oh, um, did you, did, what rods did you use? Did you twist your hair? I didn't twist anything. Like I, if I had to do that, I probably would still be wearing relaxer. I'm just going to be honest. If mm -hmm. I had to go through that type of, I, I saw a sister recently and I, I just told her how beautiful her hair was. She said that joint was a three hour process. <laughs> I said, like and it was so cute it was it was curly but she had to ride her hair up in order to achieve even a semblance of the curls that I you know the way my hair will curl up just with some water now hers was way yeah. more defined because she didn't have to deal with the frizz but if I was to just sit under a dryer for a little bit I'd be good to go and so we all have the you know different textures and different things but if I had to wake up in the morning and, and if I'm messing with my hair for more than 15 minutes, BJ is already frustrated. I don't, I don't. So if I, if I didn't have this texture where I can do a quick little wet it up, throw some moisturizer on it and walk out and be fine, I probably would be in wigs all the time, or I would just relax my hair, but just because it's more manageable, not because I'm trying to look like white mainstream America. I hate that comment. I wish we just did that. Throw it out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> and I think you know what one thing I do um I wonder about because I, I do serve on a few boards and you know I do like a lot of volunteer work um with a lot of young ladies um and I wonder what it's like in schools sometimes because I, I remember oh I remember back in the day they'd be like oh lady mm -hmm. y'all here napping up in the back look at your kitchen you know we made fun of each mm -hmm. other um <laughs> and so I wonder if, if there's been a lot of progress in schools too, like, is it getting better? Cause that's, that's such a key time, as you know, mm -hmm. uh, adolescence, when you're developing your self-esteem and really establishing mm -hmm. who you are. Um, yeah, that, that's just a thought that came to mind. Cause I, cause I think about some experiences I've had in school. Yeah. I think that was another part of the reason it took me a while to really embrace my natural hair journey because mm -hmm. we were hard on each other like girl uh -uh, look at her rap she ain't do that right she need to flatter her not she need yeah. so I'm like you know we were, we were cruel you could go <laughs> we, were, we were we were really hard on each other and 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 adults were too yeah. you know they, they even growing up like they weren't as embracing of of um of children who didn't have relaxer in the hair you know and I can remember it was not something that was ever pushed on me um by my mom she was just gonna do the best she could with my hair and she wanted if I wanted to relax she wanted to make sure that that was my decision and it was something that I decided to do um you know with my hair so I might have been 12 before I got the first one um and but there were so many people who were so much younger and mm -hmm. um folks would just say really, really cool things and 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 adults would say things. And, and while we're on that topic too, like even with hair color, okay, I can, re I can remember because I still have some color on the ends of my hair. So I am not, let me make that clear because folks will get, uh, I am not totally chemical free, okay? Because there's still some, some color at the very tips of my hair that hasn't grown out yet. So people, there are people who will try to bite you and say you're not natural if you know if you don't have you got dye in your hair that ain't natural okay we're talking about not relaxing okay <laughs> so um but growing up people would always and this never came from inside of my house it was always outside they always referenced the color of my hair is looking dirty it looked they would say it looked like dirt 
Hmm. Because growing up, you know, your face is like, what? Because growing up, I had this beautiful tint of red um, hair that you, it's, I, I don't know, it's just gone now, it won't come back. <laughs> but it was tint, it was like tinted red. That was just the way my hair was. And so it was what I guess they would call a sandy brown, reddish brown. And it sort of remind you of that like Georgia red clay type mm -hmm. of you know or like if you see an anthill or something and it's that type of and so I, I would always hear that yeah she got that hair that that it it, it, it that sandy brown hair it sort of look like dirt it reminds you of dirt I would hear that all of the time and even as an adult I would hear sometimes stylists say you want to get some color because your, your natural color is kind of ashy that's the word that they would use and so I started coloring my hair and it's so it's still this idea of not just accepting you know who who you are and how your hair is in its natural state and when I look back on my pictures as a child I'm like that was such a beautiful color and yeah. now through all of the years of <laughs> relaxing it and coloring it and using all these different chemicals you know over time and the sun changes it and all this type of stuff so you can't see it um the way that it was before when I was younger um I don't know what the what the you know the science is behind that but it just made me start coloring my hair all the time and so there were even times as an adult where um even without having the relaxer I felt like I wasn't as pretty if my hair wasn't colored mm. it was a struggle and so that's something that I think I hope you know to your point I hope that has changed in schools because some of the things, a lot of the things that you hear as a child, you internalize that and it sticks with you. You don't even realize it and it's coming out in your behavior as an adult. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the biggest things we need to do um, with future generations too. Uh, and I will say, I think it's getting better, um, but just really empower them and really mm -hmm. embrace their hair and their their natural beauty I don't know if you've seen that video of the look this it breaks my heart every time I see this video but it's like a mom and she's styling her daughter's hair and you know she, she's a dark skinned girl with like natural hair and the little girl was just like I'm ugly you know and to, yeah. you know a video I'm talking about like she didn't think yeah. she was pretty and the mom stopped everything she was doing. And I thought her, her response was perfect. Like, you know, she mm -hmm. embraced her and told her how beautiful she was. But, mm -hmm. even, you know, all of the, this is a different topic, colorism, I know. <laughs> That's a different topic for a different day. But all of that kind of, mm -hmm. that plays a role in, in what yes. we have to deal with as mm -hmm. a sometimes. So just yes. texture, is texturism a thing? Like texture? <laughs> I don't know, but we're going to make it one today. Okay. I'm like, I don't know the technical word, but like dealing with texture discrimination and then all of the other different things we have to deal with. And for her to be that young, mm -hmm. I was like, somebody must have said something to her mm -hmm. to make her feel like she wasn't pretty or mm -hmm. either she's been watching the media or consuming something where she doesn't see herself represented in that. Mm -hmm. And it made her feel inferior. And it just- right. It broke my heart. And that that's yeah. like we have to have representation, natural hair representation, different complexions, different shapes and sizes in mm -hmm. our shows and in media and mm -hmm. you know, everywhere because it matters. It's mandatory. It's mandatory. I, I remember that video and a little girl started to cry because she said, I'm just so ugly. And I mm -hmm. actually think that that was her stylist. I think that was 
the lady who was braiding her hair that day oh, who took okay, that moment i don't think that was her mom if okay. i remember you know they say a whole bunch of different stuff in the comment section but you know i don't think that that was her mother and that to me made it even that much more impactful that the woman who was braiding her hair stopped and was like wait we got to deal with this you know now like we like right now and so I think that is so important and it's such whether she was her mother or not I think that's so important I think it's a prime example of how when these things come up and we see it in children and we we hear it in teenagers and young adults that we take a moment to stop that you know and 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 try to change that mentality right then and there on the spot because those are things that you carry with you she definitely got that message from somewhere she's too young to have derived it on her own you know so so that message came from somewhere whether she is and 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 i gotta say this too and, and obviously y'all we we coming up with an episode on colorism but um <laughs> i think that adults also have to be very careful when they decide who's the pretty one amongst the cousins or amongst all the grandkids and they've decided which one is the cute one okay it, it who we i'm about to go here it's usually the one with the you know the curly straight pretty hair she's got that long black pretty hair da, 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 da. and a lot of times it's the one who's uh lighter skinned yeah. um i i think that it is so important to pay attention to the underlying message that's being passed on when you always talk about that one she's so pretty she's so pretty she's so pretty she's so pretty oh my goodness she's just such a pretty child what are you saying make just spread the love around i'm not saying don't tell that child she's pretty but say it to all of them you know because a child can hear that and realize that you may not be saying anything negative to them you know you may not be saying well she's pretty and you're ugly but it's easy for a, a, a little one to get that message. If every time they're around their cousin, you're always talking about the cousin is pretty and you never say it to them. So what's that child gonna say? They're gonna mm -hmm. look at their cousin and say something about you that they don't see in me. So I right. think it's just so important in the family unit to make sure that love is spread around with all of the kids. Either say it to all of them or just don't say it to any, any of them, period, you know? <laughs> it's, it's important you know you're right it's like uh somebody coming over with like food for one kid but not all of them it's like no nah, <laughs> wait a minute wait you don't do that in this household right, like we don't show on. everybody some love <laughs> no nah, i hear you on that and uh yeah, yeah I, and i just I, I think about my childhood and the role it has played in me and my hair journey um, because I did experience some different things, some mixed emotions at times. Um, but I think the biggest thing when it comes to the workforce is when it happens to, and it, this is where it gets a little sticky, um, but we do have to call it out. Like yes. we have to, when we see someone making comments like, oh, you know, you, you did this with your hair and I get it, you know, I get it all the time. And there, there was one point I had to tell a colleague like, hey, this is what I like to do. I like to change my hair often. Mm -hmm. Changing my hair is actually a part of my identity. I enjoy this. This is fun mm -hmm. for me. I like to have fun with my hair. And I mm -hmm. think when I said it like that, it was like, oh, it's a part of your identity. Um, and, and so I think, and, and it shouldn't just be up to us as Black mm -hmm. women. 
like, no, you can't touch my hair. It needs to be other people too saying, mm-hmm. you know what? I, as an ally, like, you know what? I think BJ's hair is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like if you do hear some kind of underhanded comments. So us mm-hmm. kind of advocating for each other in the workspace too. Yeah. And it, it can't be just us in this fight. Like with the Crown yeah. Act, obviously, you know, it went all the way up the legislative level and we had some big supporters in that. And we need to see that same support in the workplace. Mm-hmm. Where you do see hair discrimination happening. Absolutely. And, and those microaggressions, um, those are the ones that make me, y'all, I, I have to really, really rein myself in when um, people come at me with those microaggressions <laughs> regarding <laughs> hair. Okay. Yeah. So um, just, just kind of putting that out there. I'm not in a quote unquote corporate America right now I am but I'm not I'm I'm doing my own thing my own business and, and I'm contracting with companies so I don't have to go and deal with those certain things every day but when I was and, and it hasn't been a long time ago certain comments especially when I know how you really feel about my race I know how you feel about me um and then here you come with these ridiculous comments about my hair it's it's unreal it's unreal. And, and, and <laughs> there are, you know, white women who are in this fight, you know, who will stand right next to us with their fists in the air and are, you know, they, they down for the cause. And then there are those that where we have this tension, mm-hmm. this tension regarding our hair and the conversation can go so weird, so quick. And you're standing there like, is this about to turn into a moment where she reaches for my hair? Yes. We are in 2022. <laughs> and we still have to be wondering that in our mind. Like you have gone completely left with this conversation. And I don't even know if you realize that you're in left field. And mm-hmm. if is this about to turn into a moment where you take your hand and reach for my head? And I I wish that that was part of the DEI training. Mm-hmm. I wish that when you when you come in and you got to do the anti-discrimination, can that not be part of the onboarding, especially for your administrators and the supervisors? Can that not be part of the onboarding where you talk about, you know, how to respect people's culture and how to respect other folks' hair? You know, like, come it on. It absolutely can. And it absolutely should be, you know, and yeah. of course, I, I acknowledge, you know, I work in this space, so I'm very much like, when you bring people into your organization, they need to know that, you know, what is acceptable and what's not and what, what you stand for, what your values are. And if you say, now, you know, we hear people say it, but they don't necessarily always back it up with action. But if, if your mission or your vision is about inclusivity, equity, access, belonging, then, then absolutely you need to make sure people in your organization are educated and yeah. understand what's acceptable what's not and have a certain level of cultural awareness so mm-hmm. I, you know I'm all for it I'm like uh yeah. Yeah. especially because um you know and when we look at our nation too we're becoming increasingly diverse and the workforce is shifting like in terms of the demographics so you're gonna have more people with more complexions more you know different types of hair and mm-hmm. you know all the things right um right. So we have to be proactive in making sure 
that we are doing things where people aren't experiencing microaggressions, microaggressions on the regular, or otherwise we're going to see what we've been seeing is a wave of Black women leaving the workforce, becoming entrepreneurs, doing their own thing because they're tired mm -hmm. of microaggressions. Mm -hmm. I shouldn't explain over and over. It's not okay to keep touching my hair. I'm not a dog. Don't pet me. <laughs> you know, uh, so it, it is, it's, it, I think, I think the passing of the Crown Act personally was a step in the right direction because mm -hmm. it let the people in our country know, like, we take this serious now. Mm -hmm. Recognize that it has been an ongoing pervasive problem for years. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, as with any law, like just passing of the, the Civil Rights Act and all of that, I mean, it's going to take time for it mm -hmm. to sink in for some people. Mm -hmm. I, I still think, you know, it was a, a step in the right direction. I totally agree with that. I think it is absolutely a step in the right direction for a lot of different reasons. I mean, I definitely feel like it's going to benefit us um, as Black women to have this legislation. But on a larger scale, too, I think it's going to bring more awareness. Like, a lot of us experience so many microaggressions um in workplaces in just in different arenas we experience a lot those microaggressions regarding our hair and i think that when you when you have something like the crown act and it gets so much publicity so much momentum it's a lot of volume around it it's it's high profile it takes away that oh i didn't know mm -hmm. that a lot of people use or i wasn't aware or I didn't realize that this was offensive. Okay, well now you know it is. You don't now at this point, <laughs> it's going to take away that opportunity for people to claim ignorance. You know what I'm saying? Because now it's letting everybody know, like you said, it's giving that, um, it's substantiating it. It's letting you know that, hey, we're taking this seriously. And this is a problem for us. This is a problem that black women are experiencing. And so now nobody's gonna be able to say, well, I didn't know that. I didn't realize y'all were going through that. Yeah, yeah, you, you, if you don't know now, it's because you didn't want to know. Exactly. <laughs> you and didn't want to know. Exactly. I'm glad you said that. I was thinking that same thing because, I mean, we weren't around with the Civil Rights Act of 1964 or whatever when that came out, 1963. I think I made you right. The Civil Rights Act. Um, but when it went into place, I know it was the same thing. Like, oh, we didn't realize that it was, you know, that bad. <laughs> you knew it was bad you saw people getting hit with water hoses and, and you know getting like how could you not know it was bad? yeah yeah but you know I was thinking about something that one of my one of the psychiatrists that I had the opportunity to I wasn't training directly under him but he was working in the same hospital and he was just a wealth of knowledge for younger people in mental health you know and he was like that older African-American doctor that everybody just, I don't care if you liked him or not, his position, his demeanor, his attitude, everything about him just commanded respect, right? And, and love, because he had that about him. And there was something that, that took place and I was discussing it with him and he was like, well, you know, they don't know. That's why they did it. And I was like, I got a problem with that. Like, how could you not know? And he just really broke it down to me and explained that, you know, people can be so privileged and so have their head buried in the sand and so focused on their own world that they are totally oblivious to you. And, and he explained to me that it takes a level of self-awareness 
um, you know, and self-reflection and maturity to understand the plight of someone else when you're not experiencing that at all, you know? Yes. So on some level, it helped me to understand like, you know, how, how we can be sometimes just so oblivious to issues that are going on right around us, but it's everything to that person, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But then you can be so caught up in your own stuff. So when I was asking like, how could you not know that was offensive? You know, I'm young, I'm like ready to pop off. And he's like, they, they don't know. They don't mm -hmm. get it. And he wasn't talking about every single situation, but just giving me a different viewpoint than in some cases, it is their responsibility to know. You need to know. You need to do what you need to do in order to know. But a lot of people have not done that. A lot of people have not done their homework. A lot of people are not self-aware. They're not, um, they, they can't see past the end of their own nose, so to speak. So it's me, my fault, and no more. And because I always grew up this way, I always grew up being able to wear my hair however I wanted. I never even had to think about it. It doesn't even occur to some folks that this is such an issue for somebody sitting right next to them. You know, it's like you really have to look around. I love, I can't even think of her name right now, doctor. I think it's Jane. Um, she does a lot of like examples explaining privilege. Um, oh, I know who is yes. it cool or good all? I think so. Yes, I'm so sorry. I can't think of her. My my mind just escapes me right now, but she's very popular. And she um the the awareness that people come to when you watch those videos that she does where she reconstructs these experiences that African-Americans, um, people in minority situations, we deal with every single day. And then she puts uh, white people in these same situations and it's like, oh my God, you know, <laughs> like what? Is this how that feels? Yes, yes it is. So I think that, you know, to your point, the Crown Act is bringing that to the forefront where it's been, um, our struggle has been silent. It's been, mm -hmm. a, it's been a silent struggle. I mean, we cry out individually, but this brings unity to it and explains to mainstream like, hey, it's a problem that you discriminate me on this, against me in this interview based on the way I'm wearing my hair. It's yeah. a problem that you think a certain thing about me based on how my hair is. It's a problem that you think that my performance is going to be different if my hair is straight versus uh, if it's curly or if it's in locks or if it's in an afro. You know, I, I'm, I'm going to be seen as a troublemaker if I show up. She one of those, right? If she shows up with an afro and big hoop earrings. I mean, it just brings to light that discrimination that we've been experiencing for quite some time. Yeah. And I, I mean, honestly, I think black women and our hair will always be a touchy topic. I mean, we saw what happened at the Oscars. Was it the Oscars? Yeah. Where, uh, uh -huh. <laughs> with Jada, you know, Jada. <laughs> and it's not a funny situation, you know, like I, I hate that it went down like that. Uh -huh. um, but there you go on a national platform, uh -huh. you have somebody critiquing her appearance and her hair. Uh -huh. Um, and although, you know, Will's response may not have been the best. I know some people have mixed feelings about that too. I think, you know, you shouldn't put your hands on folks, but that's just right. me. Uh, <laughs> I don't think you ready to catch these hands. Right. you ready to catch these hands. That's the rule. Yeah, but <laughs> exactly. But it brought up a bigger conversation, right? Like mm -hmm. we are often subject to being ridiculed based on our appearance. Mm -hmm. And based on mm -hmm. our hair 
you know, and, you know, a lot of us didn't know she was dealing with alopecia. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it just, I had no clue. yeah, a lot of people didn't know that. I didn't either. I had no clue either. Mm-hmm. So it just brings up a bigger issue. Like, mm-hmm. why are we always the subject of being harshly critiqued based on our appearance and our hair? You know, so. Okay. And I know we are, we're close to closing, but there, <laughs> we talked about, we've already done the, the church episodes and you all please go back and listen to those if you haven't had an opportunity to but that was such an issue in church culture when I was growing up people would literally try to use scripture to determine how a woman should wear her hair Mm -hmm. and if you Mm -hmm. cut your hair that was something that was seen that was you know you weren't being godly because a woman's hair is her glory right that's what they would always say and my mom is a little rebellious in her own right I mean I don't want to say rebellious but she's a little bit like hey you either make this make sense or I'm not doing it right so her response to that would always be it doesn't say long hair is her glory it just says her hair it doesn't say if it has to be long or short you know so she was never one of these people like you have to wear you have to wear your hair long um but there were there were literally men and women you know, in the church who put that type of stipulation on you as though if you cut your hair off, you were doing something wrong in the eyes of God. Mm-hmm. Like, how oppressive is that, man? You know, <laughs> and even as a grown woman, when I cut my hair, I got a lot of different um opinions and viewpoints and you know the majority of people especially my age were like they love it you know and for for those that don't know me I had my I wore my hair shaved on the sides for quite some time and very short in the top and it's an attractive look on me and um but some people they couldn't understand it that why though what you know some older folks were trying to insinuate things that I was trying to be masculine you know there was nothing masculine about their hairstyle but still just because I cut my hair I wore shave um is there something you need to talk about like I literally had people saying it to me as a full f-u-l-l grown woman (laughs) talking to me about cutting my hair and so I think it's annoying to me that this is yet another area where Black women got to be like, just let us freaking be. And we got to say it to men, but we also have to say it to other women. Just leave us, just leave me be however I wear my hair. Just leave me be, bruh. Yeah. And you know, I remember your hairstyle when it was like that. It was shaved on the side Mm -hmm. and then you had like, and at the top you had longer hair. It was cute. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that, and that goes back to our earlier point about what suits one person may not look good on another one, but then you figure out what suits you and, and once you find that, rock that and own it. And uh, yeah, this, this hair policing, it just has to stop. It does. <laughs> it has to stop. It, it does. Yeah. It does. And, and to go back to our earlier point you made too about how do we address it? I do, because you mentioned like, do we need to do some kind of trainings or have mm-hmm. conversations in the workplace? And again, I say wholeheartedly yes, because if you mm-hmm. don't have that cultural awareness and if you're not talking about what's appropriate, what's inappropriate to say to a person or do to a person, you reaching out, touching their hair. And I think we're going to continue having the same battles if we don't discuss mm-hmm. it. 
Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I, I think it needs to be discussed, um, you know, again, externally and internally. Like There needs to be some internal discussions in the culture. And then there definitely needs to be discussions on the outside of the culture as well, because it, it it's baffling that it's such an issue for people. I've never seen and, and I, you know, I give credit where credit is due. Social media does its job of showing you the most ridiculous things okay the algorithm is almost set to where you're if it's something negative you definitely are going to see that immediately right the positive messages they get buried for three to five days and then they show them to your five closest friends right but so I give credit for that but that being said I've never seen such um a huge amount of black men who have so much commentary on black women's hair it's mm. it's never to me i've never seen this dynamic because i have always credited brothers with rocking with us no matter what we do like every movement we go through they be right there like so what we don't care <laughs> they keep rolling and it is what it is but with this age of social media and people saying whatever you know pops in their head it's weird to see so many men in the comments having a you know having something to say about a woman who has a wig on. Why she can't? Why you can't just be yourself, Queen? Who says she's not being herself because she has on a wig? There could be a million different reasons why she's wearing that wig, and none of those reasons might have anything to do with low self confidence, low self esteem. I'm trying to be something that I'm not. There are so many other variables there, or braids, or straight hair, or whatever. I mean, it's just it's an odd dynamic that we live in. And like I said, I know some of that's fake and some of it's rigged so that you see that negative stuff, but it's a weird dynamic to see because that's where I've always felt a little sense of unity, you know, and, and just to the credit of black men, I have not had the, personally, I've not had that issue where, except for when I was dating a narcissist and that's a whole nother story for another day. But personally, I've not had that issue where a man had a problem with my braids or my um, wearing my hair curly or wearing it straight or whatever. I've not had that personal issue with like men. It's just weird to see it, um, you know, in social media. Yeah. And you know what? I will say social media, <laughs> it's almost like you got to take that with a grain of salt sometimes yeah, you elevate the negative there mm -hmm. um, but I overall I do feel like people there's nothing wrong with saying like oh I prefer this or I prefer that yeah. um, so it, there's a way to do it like you said without coming out discriminatory and exclusionary yeah. why'd you do that like you don't even have to do all that just be like oh, okay cool she rocking a short haircut Cool. Find somebody with long hair. If you like long hair, find somebody with hair, natural hair. If you don't like wigs, then, you know, I know I'm not for you. It is. Right. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, cool. Bye. Um, but find somebody who wears their natural hair. So you don't have to be negative towards right. a person um, just because they're not doing something that you deem to be. Yes. It goes back to let people do their thing, whether mm -hmm. it's locks, whether it's braids, whether it's mm -hmm short hair, long hair, you know, every hair is a form of expression. And my mm -hmm. dad would always say that. He'd be like, hair is a form of expression. So you have to let people embrace that part of themselves. It's almost like art for some people. You know, they play yeah. with the colors, the styles and, mm -hmm. and the hair shows. So yeah, now mm -hmm. I'm a believer. 
if you ain't got nothing, nothing nice to say, just let it be. Leave, just leave. leave it. <laughs> it's somebody out here for everybody. Like you said, I definitely think people, should, you know, have a right to their preferences. I don't think you have the right to drag somebody else down because they're not your preference. Like you don't have to be getting the comments and be negative because this is not your preference. Just not what your preference is. But um, to your point, though, social media is, is so difficult to decipher what's really happening between what's a bot and what's, you know, not even a real account and all of that. So I have to say, you know, personally, I've not, other than that narcissistic situation, <laughs> he was just crazy all the way around. But personally, I've not experienced that. And that's been at least kind of comforting to know that, you know, our brothers kind of rock with us. Like, whatever the situation may be. I mean, I know men who help their wife take take her wig off at the night, end of the night and hang it up on the thing. You know, like they they just be like, whatever, girl. <laughs> you know? Um, because I think, and I brought that up because it's so, it's been such a struggle for us to accept ourselves. It's hard enough. We, we have our own thoughts, our own self-defeating thoughts, our own negativity, our own insecurity. And then we got the external standards of beauty that we have fought through over the years. Like it's been hard enough for us to try to accept who we are. We definitely don't need that struggle and that battle outside of us. It's internally, it's, it's big enough as it is. You know what I'm saying? So I'm hoping that we can continue to move forward and just you know, embrace like, and I see Black women definitely moving in this direction as a whole, like, you know what, take it or leave it. Mm -hmm. I, I, I know my value. I know my worth. So here's what, what I have. And you're welcome to, to take this or, or just leave it. Cause I'm not going to keep on going back and forth. Yes. I agree. I, I agree wholeheartedly. And I think one of the things for me that I've found most beautiful recently is uh, anybody who knows me knows I'm on LinkedIn a lot. I love LinkedIn. That's like my preferred, I don't know if it's technically social media, but you know, it's my preferred platform to be on. And mm -hmm. more and more Black women I've noticed have started having professional headshots taken with their natural hair. So you see mm -hmm. the locks and the braids. And a lot of them are even putting comments out there like, this is the first time I've ever taken a headshot with my natural hair because I actually mm -hmm. have the power to do so now because of the mm -hmm. crown tech, right? Um, so it's just, I think we have nowhere to go but up. I still mm -hmm. think my place has a long, I mean, it has a long ways to go in terms of inclusion and equity and all of that. Mm -hmm. To me, I think this is a great first step. Me too, me too. I think the biggest part of the battle, like I said, is always internal. You know, like you said, you have those women saying, it's the first time I've ever done a headshot with my natural hair, you know? And I think I experienced my first time doing that. A headshot, like a professional headshot, probably um, this year. This year was probably the first time that I did that. And then... Um, other times I've had like acting headshots that may, you know, you can kind of go any kind of way with those. But as far as a professional headshot, I think this year was the first time. And it's it's just that embracing of yourself is such a battle, you know, it really is because you have so many voices and, and they become your own. <laughs> they become those external voices that you hear that someone telling me, Oh yeah, she got that dirty colored hair. I started saying that. I internalized it. And yeah, my hair, girl, my hair is it's the color, it's like dirt. Who does that? You know, but we we so once we 
step into the ring with ourselves and you know go toe to toe and and accept what I see there myself then is when I think we start to see these bigger movements like this because it's like now we finally have gotten to a place where it's like hey I, I am who I am and I love who I am period so now I can come to you and say look this is it take the leap this is absolutely good enough but I think on some level we are learning and have learned to believe it ourselves yeah and I, you know what? I'm looking forward to our discussion next week because I think this is going to be a good segue. That, you know, it's like, this is who I am, take it or leave it. Yet we see employers, you know, we're going to talk about it next week. We still see certain employers like, oh, can you change this a little bit? And uh, I mean, do we want to give a sneak peek into reference? We're talking about Tabitha Brown and the food yeah. network. And it's like, okay, like, Here's another example of them expecting people to conform yeah. to keep her time slot. It's just. We're going there, y'all. We are going there. Next week's episode is no more code switching. That's yeah. what we're going to be talking about. And um, her story and her journey, just her essence and her presence period has done so much for me as a woman in terms of accepting and embracing myself. And. We're going to talk about that. We are going to talk about that. We're going to talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I don't want to give y'all too much because I'm about to go in already. I know. But... <laughs> I'm like, okay, you want people to show up authentically or not? Like pick it, pick one. But right. anyway. <laughs> we're going to, we're going to go there. So y'all be, um, y'all be on the lookout for that episode. Absolutely. All right. And if you are not subscribed to our channels, I am going to highly recommend that you subscribe because we stay dropping hot fire every week. As you all know, be sure to subscribe on YouTube or your favorite um, Spotify, uh, any of your favorite podcast platforms. So mm -hmm. continue to rock with us every week. We're going to keep bringing good topics and we appreciate you all very much. Absolutely. And wear your hair, ladies, whatever is you do it. However you feel beautiful, go for it. All right. Y'all have a good one.